The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss why community could be the next big thing in marketing, or is it already? Joining us is Mike Rizzo, who's the founder of the MarketingOps.com website, which is a community for marketing ops leaders. Marketing Ops is the go-to resource for current and aspiring marketing ops professionals that want to build their professional profile and skills by connecting with a growing community of thousands of marketing operations pros. Yesterday, Mike and I talked about building the marketing operations community, and today we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about community-led growth. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Mike Rizzo, the founder of MarketingOps.com. Mike, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, glad to be here. Always excited to chat with a fellow marketer, a fellow podcaster. Can I call you a creator as well? I don't. What do we call people that run communities? Are you part of the creator revolution that's going on now? I don't even know. That's a great question. I refer to myself as the community-led founder on LinkedIn. <laughs> so I'll go with that. You're a founder. You're a community leader. You're just a, a great guy all around. Uh, I appreciate it. And I've got some questions for you. Okay. You've got this budding, growing, monetizable, valuable community of marketing ops professionals. And I've got this little podcast that I've been doing for five years that connects me to the people in the MarTech community. But I've always wanted to have a deeper relationship with my listeners, and I've also wanted them to be able to talk and collaborate with themselves. Give me some guidance here. I want to learn a little bit about growing a community and not just specifically for the MarTech podcast, but there's lots of companies that are interested in community-led growth. Talk to me about what you need to know to found a community and then how do you actually extract some value out of it and help it grow your business? There are a number of thought leaders in the community space that you can go follow. I will provide Ben and team with links to their information so you can look them up by name and by link and in the show notes perhaps later. Or you can reach out to me directly and I'm happy to point you in their direction. Community-led from a sort of subject matter expertise and thought leadership perspective is being championed by an organization known as Comsor. They do a tremendous job of what it really means to be community-led. 
And one of the things that they sort of talk about in, in a before and after state is that you're going from broadcasting your message to really connecting with your members, whether that's your customers or your prospects or both. You're maybe undervaluing the way in which you treat community and instead thinking of it as um, how do you empower this function within your organization? It shouldn't be siloed. It should be cross-functional, much like the marketing operations function is. The community function touches a huge part of the business. And it can literally span everything from support to product to sales to customers, you name it. So when you're thinking about a community-led model, I think frameworks help a lot. And it's probably good to start Googling things like the spaces model for defining your community business value. I mean, this is a journey I went on, Ben. Like I was brought back to a role at an organization known as Maven Link, where I previously was a marketing operations manager and events manager. And I was specifically asked to come back to help build their very first community and client advisory board programs. And I went down a rabbit hole, a really long rabbit hole of research. And these are the things that I went and looked up. And so when you start digging into the content that's available to you from folks like CMX Hub or Comsore, when you start to unpack what does it really mean to build a community, the first thing that I would encourage you to think about is really what is the purpose? And please, please, please don't tell me that it's purely based on revenue. <laughs> it's like you're missing the point. <laughs> I've heard a couple podcasts. I've joined a couple communities. And always the common theme is don't build a community to make money. But then we're talking about community-led growth, which inherently means I'm not just growing a community for the sake of growing a community. I'm growing a community for access to the people that are in the community so I can sell them products. So there's this disconnect for me of grow your community for the right reasons. And don't get me wrong, you should, right? Like the MarTech community, we want to build a forum for people to connect and talk about MarTech and whether it's a Slack group or LinkedIn or Facebook or some sort of forum or a combination of the two, we want everybody to be able to talk to everybody and get value and build this little kibbutz, for lack of a better term, that we can all live symbiotically. But then there also has to be some sort of a tie back to business. So how do you rationalize building this sort of communal space for everyone where there is no sales and there is no marketing and it's just about value exchange and connecting with like-minded people, and then also making sure that it has a positive impact on your bottom line. I would say the way that you rationalize it is that it's already happening and you're not in control. So every day we talk about and we hear about this thing, dark social, right? People are going around the web and asking questions and getting advice on hey, should I invest my budget in this solution or in this service? I'm going to ask my peers. I'm going to read reviews. The amount of opportunity to decide on whether or not I want to engage with a brand is abundant well before I ever have to actually talk to anybody at the company. So if you are not a part of that conversation organically or curating an environment that facilitates the discovery and connectivity of your sort of extended community, whether they're your current customers or the potential prospects and future customers that could eventually be your buyers. If you're not somehow trying to insert yourself in an organic and healthy managed way, then you're missing out on a ton of opportunity. Organic, healthy, and managed. 
again, this seems like a conflict to me where, okay, I understand people are going to be talking about your industry. And if you're the creator of the dominant community in that industry, you can seed the community with people who are pro your company and, and that has an impact on your bottom line. Now, that doesn't necessarily feel organic. And I know when people go to the community that they don't want to be managed towards a specific outcome. So talk me through the notion of, well, okay, I own this community. We're going to move from dark social into this well-lit community environment where I get access to the data of what people are talking about. But how do you actually sort of nudge people in the direction that you want them to go without actually nudging them in the direction that you want them to go? I want to emphasize that I don't think every brand or organization should own a community. If you're trying to create another community environment that isn't purposefully built for your customers or maybe for product adoption, meaning I'm literally building this so that I understand how to better enable my customers through the development of better features in my product. That is a totally different purpose of community comparative to something like an industry discussion. There's likely a place where your customers already congregate and want to spend time learning from each other. It's perfectly all right for you to invest in supporting those environments and invest in encouraging your champions, your most passionate users to go and engage in those environments. And I think that that can be an organic way for you to try to understand what's going on inside of a community. There are brands that have actually gone out of their way to not create another community environment and have just decided to participate actively either through their own champions or through their own dollars in support of those environments to try to reach their buyers. I won't name all of them, but there are a number of them. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Let's talk a little bit about the marketing strategy and the technology behind community. You mentioned this idea that there are 
potentially are communities that already exist. So it might not make sense for you to build your own community. Maybe there's this giant MarTech community that is already on LinkedIn and it's got vibrant communication between everybody that my company wants access to. So there's no reason for me to try to pull everybody off LinkedIn onto Slack or onto a forum that I own and control. Maybe I should just go be a participant on LinkedIn. How do you make the strategic decision of owning the community or participating? What goes into that calculation? I would say your traditional TAM analysis and just trying to understand who are you trying to reach and where are they already spending their time. And if you are going to build your own environment, then invest where they're already starting to spend their time. So you may learn that most of your audience is already participating actively on Facebook, right? And that should actually be the place where you connect with them and create your own community. I would say also that as you think about the decision between, hey, do I want to try to create another community environment for my audience to sort of talk about, you know, MarTech, for example, in your case? The answer is like, maybe. But if you had an opportunity to connect with the most involved or the most passionate, or if there was some sort of characteristic of our viewership or listenership that would drive you to want to come and log in and chat every day, what would that be? Then you create a very special space, right? It doesn't need to be a 20,000 person community. It could just be your biggest advocates or your most passionate MarTech sort of consultants and advisors out there. That will eventually lend itself to, well, how do we get more involved in these other spaces? And you are effectively controlling a message within a smaller environment, but you're not trying to be the next Salesforce, right? That has like a massive following. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about the tech stack of building a community. You mentioned Comsor. And to me, Comsor is about evaluating who is in your community and what they're engagement is across multiple channels. What is the stack that you need? You know, is there this sort of notion of a disparate community across multiple different channels? Are you only evaluating what's happening in the assets that you own? What do you need to build a community and how do you evaluate it? The answer to that, like many things, is it depends. <laughs> and that's okay. If I could just humor me, the spaces model has uh, a number of different types of communities that you might build. So I'm just going to read through the acronyms of what those will be for you. The first S is support. You can imagine that that is a community that is all about helping to answer and facilitate customer satisfaction, right? And hopefully reduce ticketing costs. So you can figure out like what types of tooling you might need in order to enable that product is what the P is for. And so you're gathering feedback and insights from members to improve products and offerings. Your acquisition type of community is all about driving new customers. Your contribution type of community is how do I get places like a GitHub repository to get more code contributions or more participants in sort of a open forum type of community environment? Engagement. So how do I build an environment that improves upon loyalty and retention and really focuses on how do I get more customers to be aware of what it means to have success and publish my current customers and their successes. And then there's an actual success community, which is I want to connect with my customers to have them share their best practices. 
And so each one of those things would have very different potential tooling environments and go-to-market motions, if you want to call them that. A support community would largely be tethered on how do I create an environment so that as people start to ask a question about this challenge they're having, they're discovering the answer to that without having to open a support case to then talk to my support team, which obviously costs us money. So totally, totally different types of technologies. When I was building the technology that supported the community at Mavenlink, we were leveraging the Salesforce community cloud environment. And that initiative at the time was focused on how do we connect our customers to learn best practices from one another. And as they're going through that discovery process, the sort of trickle down impact is how do we reduce the load on support and increase the knowledge retention through discovery of our knowledge articles. So those metrics were where we were focusing and we focused on tooling to support those things. In a community like MoPros, we're focused on connecting people and driving engagement on just general best practices and knowledge. And so we're not trying to reduce support costs or anything like that. And so we've invested in a platform called Circle, for example, and that's a community forum technology that enables us to allow people to ask questions and discover those questions and answers in an automated way as they sort of like type in their query, they can see that there's other community members asking those similar topics and it's all organized in a sort of traditional forum model. Very, very different experiences with very different measurements on what we believe is success between those two types of things. So talk to me a little bit about the success metrics. I know that there's multiple different types of community and it depends on what you want your end outcome to be, but what are some of the common KPIs that community managers look at to evaluate their success? I'm not the foremost expert on every single one of them. I would push you and your audience and listeners to follow folks like Richard Millington, who literally a week ago tweeted about KPIs and what you should be thinking about in a community. I can tell you one of the big callouts is it isn't purely about engagement. It's not purely about how many people are asking a question or answering a question. You probably need to go a little bit deeper and try to figure out what's the eventual outcome that you're trying to impact. Is it product adoption? Is it signups to new programs? Those kinds of things. And are you teeing up enough opportunities and enough programs that eventually lead to that outcome to achieve that goal or not. And for us, like at the MoPros, for example, we're very interested in seeing people engage inside of the community. But at the end of the day, we would like to see them investing in their career. So they're becoming a premium member of the community. They're deciding to invest in a course that we've created for them, whether that's free or paid is sort of indifferent to us. But we're trying to get them to take those next steps. And by being a part of an engaged environment, we're expecting that they're eventually going to get to that outcome. You know, I think about building a community similar to how I think about organic growth. Building a community is not something that you do that's going to have an immediate impact on your business. It's something that you have to cultivate, you have to work on, that you have to continue to build over time to recognize the success. And so as you're thinking about whether or not you should develop a community, what your community's purpose is, who you're going to invite to community, how you're going to evaluate it, you need to take the long view. Community is a marathon, not a sprint. It is not performance marketing, something that you turn on and immediately recognize a return. It's something that you have to build and continually invest in over time. 
But the benefit of building a strong community is that once you have it going, it can tend to build on itself just like content marketing. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Mike Rizzo, the founder of MarketingOps.com for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Mike, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Mike D. Rizzo, M-I-K-E-D-R-I-Z-Z-O. Or you can visit his company's website, which is MarketingOps.com. You can also find Mike's podcast, The Opscast, wherever you listen to your podcast. It's The Opscast, O-P-S-C-A-S-T, Opscast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.